Welcome to the show. My name is MJ and this is Transcending Into Tech. everybody and welcome back to another episode of Transcending Into Tech. It's been a while. We've taken a bit of a hiatus uh, of approximately almost two months and that was pretty much because I've been doing a bunch of other projects of which I'll be able to share later down the road. Um, and they involved a lot of, you know, the creativity business. Uh, so a lot of you might not be aware, but I do work a lot in the in the creative space and sector and a lot of that stuff took my time. But that didn't mean that I forgot or I've uh, neglected my, I would say, somewhat duties in this beautiful podcast of mine that I've done. Uh, rather, I'd rather be more, um, you know, interested in putting stuff for you guys when I actually got a set of content to do that. And with that, of course, I will be mentioning the following. And that is, I will start changing the format. Um, the last few episodes you've probably heard in the podcast were... You know, we were a bit of a mixture. We've done a more of a scripted approach, then we went a little off cuff, and then we went back and tried to do something in the middle. So I'm going to still try to stick with the same formula, if that's the right word. But the idea of also, you know, trying to share some of the major things that are currently still happening right now in the realm of uh, transhumanism as a whole. So that's one thing I just wanted to put it out there. So I'm going to be a little bit more uh newsy i wouldn't say newsy newsy but uh we'll bring it back with some of the key philosophical points of how the world is trending and where we're heading towards if we talk about you know trans uh humanism as a whole and its variants and different subcategories in the whole philosophy so um please do stay tuned on that so coming back to the topic that we were looking at um a lot of crazy things have been going on, and I think I'm going to just kind of like focus on the Neuralink. I believe the Neuralink is what it's called, and that is the new uh, thing that was recently unveiled. Actually, it's been in discussion for quite some time. You know, Elon Musk doesn't really does the grand surprise. He tells you that he's working on a project, and he surprises you with its actual results, which was quite incredible. I think uh, the unveiling of the N1, which is a four millimeter square chip, was uh, quite extraordinary. And there was a bit of a demonstration video as well in that they've actually had a pre-installed N1 chip inside the, um, or at the skull, ba skull base of, uh, or at the skull of, a, of, 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 of an animal or a pig in this case. And um, apparently they, they claim that the chip wires are thinner than natural human air. So that's uh, pretty interesting. And that they are intending for it to connect to at least 1,000 different brain cells. All of this is fairly out there. It's fairly bleeding edge, if you would call that sort of technology bleeding edge. But that's actually uh, to be expected, really. I mean, you know, you're looking at wearable technology, right? 
we've already got wearables everywhere. I mean, most of us, uh, you know, are familiar with Bluetooth radios and Bluetooth-enabled devices all across. And I don't think it's a surprise that people have been trying to actually converge, if you will, human organisms, or we would say human tissue, to be able to become the new transistors for such technologies. Really interesting stuff. And uh, for the most part, you know, we tend to use augmented technology. We've talked about this in in an episode or two ago. But Augmenting, uh, you know, certain features or sets or senses to something that is far more amazing or some, you know, enhancing it hasn't hasn't really been uh, quite new. This is not really new stuff. Okay, um, you can just look at the basic, uh, you know, uh, listening aids. Right, listening aids have, you know, developed over a period of time to a level of maturity that's just un- unparalleled right now, and. One of the things I think that people should be keeping in mind is that, you know, when you have Neuralink technology like this that is actually connected at the, what they consider is actually a layer on top of the brain. It's not to say that they're actually going into the brain. They're actually adding an additional layer in order for it to be able to communicate as a human to machine interface. Uh, I'm putting this very crudely, by the way. But by doing this, they've actually crossed... Uh, the the paradigm really shift of of what we used to think was how you know people would actually interact with technology what, because primarily we would do it through other devices right and now we're saying no well we can actually extend ourselves into the machinery which is where a lot of people are really quite um, you know they cautiously welcome it and at the same time um, you know think it's quite opening to a lot of other things that could potentially happen. One area I know that definitely that a lot of people are definitely keeping an eye on this is people who are currently reviewing things with regards to, you know, other neurological conditions such as uh, epilepsy and Parkinson's disease um, and, other, and as well as trying to reinvigorate and hopefully reverse even issues with paralysis. Um, Paralegia and quadriplegia, I'm sorry, but those are like, you know, basically injuries uh, sustained within the spinal cord. You know, people who usually get into certain accidents uh, might actually have uh, long-term, if not life-long injuries that causes a lot of problems for them, you know, because the central central key component here is, you know, your... Is your brain is connected to through your spinal um, sensors and ner- nerve systems. So that's going to be um, pretty interesting. But one thing they were very clear about is it's not going to be inside the brain more than it is actually going to be picking up signals at the very closest part of the brain. Uh, or so they say. And they think that this is something that they can just put literally under your scalp. And that's quite interesting, of course. Now... I, I, I think it's 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 something that we should be welcoming cautiously, obviously, but it's not to say that, you know, it's with its, its own uh, uh, people who are doubtful. But that's to be expected. You'll always have the pros and the cons that will come out, and they'll have their usual media spins. And you'll have two camps of people, basically, who will be either for or against the whole thing. The thing that people need to keep in mind with the Neuralink is that it is not the first experiment or the first computer and brain interface technology that's actually happened. It's actually happened before with other uh, platforms. 
especially the ones that have actually been usually pretty successful in helping uh, people with epilepsy. And um, I think that, you know, it'll it'll definitely go through the course and it'll definitely go through whatever required uh, approval rate, uh, platforms would be needed or necessary of it. Of course, we have to keep in mind this is a, a U.S.-based company, a tech company, and I think they will definitely be requiring that they get an FDA approval at the bare minimum. Um, they they do claim that it's as safe as, as a laser eye surgery, um, which is very impressive to see that, that that technology's adoption and its ability to, you know, be a part of, um, you know, it's 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 ease of adoption. I guess if you can call it that, is it's fairly definitely it's 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 a lot more easier than a lot of people would expect. So keep a, you know an eye on that. And the first patients that are already slighted or slated, sorry, to um, to be joining in this platform are quadriplegic uh, individuals with spinal cord injuries, and I think that that sends a very strong message. Um, they uh, they do say that they're going to get up to four chips implanted, connecting them to at least four thousand different neurons. So. I'm very optimistic for some technology like this to move into that direction. A lot of people look at it from the cyborgy, you know, more, I would say, cultural angle of the whole thing. And that's really, to me, I think more of a, of a, what's the word? It's not a need that those, those are actual wants, right? People want to actually have these enhanced sensory requirements or sensory capabilities to be able to do things to better their their positioning or advantage. And I, and I totally get that. And then there's the doomsday folk, uh, of which, uh, by the way, uh, Elon is definitely one to bring that up because he does, he's been saying that he's been doing this to, to defeat AI when it actually becomes uh, a problem for humanity. But with leaving all that aside, I think there's definitely a requirement for individuals, people who who have neurological challenges who can actually make uh, of good use and benefit with that. So all the power to them. And I really do wish and I'm very hopeful uh, that this goes through. It's going to be tough. You know, you need to check people, pre-existing conditions. You got to make sure that the device isn't, uh, you know, just uh, getting a certain immunological reaction or any you know, body to response that would actually be negative. But from what I'm understanding, at least from the initial the initial responses or data that's coming out, it's looking very promising. And of course, the whole angle of ethics um, will definitely be a, dis- a discussion at a later phase. I think people need to see it actually benefit. And I think that's where it's going to succeed and shine. And I'm really hopeful for that. And I think we can be definitely be seeing something within at least the five to seven year mark of something extraordinary, if not even sooner. And with that, we'll take our first break and we'll be right back with Transcending Into Tech. Welcome back. So we've been talking about the Neuralink and I guess um, it is definitely something to be excited about. It's definitely human enhancement that's off its way and for the most part, uh, anything that stems from sci-fi concepts is definitely something worth to keep an eye on for the for, for whatever you might want to think about. But when, with that being said, of course, there's a lot of interesting uh, things to look at when we talk about you know brain-computer interface. For the most part, it's still very highly experimental. 
but uh, a lot of it still, you know, reigns true. You know, the fact that we still, you know, we have technology that can actually read brain patterns, that can actually keep a, an open eye, for lack of a better word, to uh, technologies or to, to the, the development, the stimulants, the way the brain works as a whole, I think could actually be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. But even more so, I think personally, that the uh, the brain in itself, it's in and itself is actually probably the most complicated component in this whole jigsaw of things. So that's something that we definitely would want to be seeing uh, going down the line. And I'm reading a bunch of stuff regarding autonomous driving. And I don't know, I just love where this direction is going. There's a concept called biological robots. Um, that's also very interesting to look at. Uh, primarily goes around in the, you know, it's a basically a field of biomedical engineering with a bit of cybernetics and robotics. And some of the use cases that you've been able to see include things like a bionic eye, for example, uh, and even, you know, certain devices that have already are currently in use right now within the medical sector. Predominantly, if you look at, for example, people doing colonoscopies, right? They have the endoscopic robots that can actually do that. Um, there's now development of an artificial sensing skin, all right, that actually uh, detects pressure that is put on it and actually helps people who might have lost certain sensations in certain parts of their body, which is, again, you know, uh, very important. You know, you have people who lose uh, some of their senses, like in the diabetes case, you know, uh, diabetics, some of them have uh, peripheral ne neuropathy and they, they don't get to actually feel some parts of their bodies or some parts of their organs, for example, or skin in particular on the, on the, on the, on the, on the top part of their body, obviously. Uh, we've already talked about hearing aids, but what's going on with that is that there's actually hearing aids that are actually built in to the middle ear bones it, that, that's 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 where it's reached so we don't actually need to augment it with an actual device that has a battery running etc uh, it's actually placing that device inwards or in the actual bone area and, and creating those vibrations so that the person would get a more of a natural ability to listen at that in that instance so that's you know i think you know uh bio robotics is definitely where you want to you want to be at it's been around as well for a while a lot of people know the, the variants when we talk about pro prosthetics, you know, when we come to people who might have been born without a limb or who might have suffered uh, trauma or some area in their body and they actually had to uh, remove a portion of their uh, limb, um, you know, a lot of them tend to use uh, prosthetics. But, you know, even within the prosthetics world, you'll see a lot of very amazing you know myoelectrical powered prosthetics for example are available uh, and there's different firms of it that can uh, work within people's different lifestyles including even some of them who tend to be more um, you know into the athletics business you know you've got the the Paralympics and you've got uh, amazing athletes that come out of that uh, with uh, definitely some you know carbon fiber like prosthetic devices that uh, offers them, you know, the support and the agility for them to be able to excel in their sports. So lots of interesting, you know, things going on in this field. Definitely one one, one area I definitely want to keep eye, an eye on. And, uh, you know, coming back again, all of it stems back to the core foundational piece 
of embedding embedding the humanity, right? Um, and yes, we did talk about a you know post human world. Um, and I know post post humanism is actually the is 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 probably the hardest one to grasp a lot with people, but you don't sometimes necessarily need to focus on that area as much as you need to focus on the little incremental enhancements that are actually key to enhancing the evolving human experience, right? And that's what we say all the time. You know, it's we're always looking at intersecting lines of technology, humanity, and the evolving human experience. And I think that's where you tend to see, for the most part, some of the good stuff that comes out of this. Um, what's your thoughts on that? What do you guys think that might, you know, be one thing to keep an eye on? Um, with the pandemic, the way it's been running for the time being, the pandemic situation has, uh, for the most part, given us, you know, a lot to think about when it comes to where do we need to move on the next forward, right? Uh, when, when it comes to technology and how we're trying to address some of the, I would say, some of the losses we have right now in terms of some of the liberties we would have in a social sense. And one of the most beautiful things really to have occurred and actually come through this entire experience during this pandemic is the fact that we are still able to communicate. We are still able to show compassion. We are still able to be with each other yet we're not necessarily bound by the physical aspects of it. And I think that in itself is actually an interesting um, phenomenon in its own right, and definitely one that will definitely change the thoughts and, and, and the way people do things from this time forward. And that is, you know, where you get a lot of that new normal talk that happens every time. And on this note, we will take a small break and head on back for our final stretch. And we're here for a final stretch, and um, more or less, I'm going to keep it to the point. I think that, you know, when it comes to all the work that we've been doing, all the efforts that we've been, uh, you know, putting in in terms of enhancing that experience, enhancing that, you know, human-to-computer interface for the greater good of it all, one must always need to keep in mind that it will come at, you know, certain challenges. And I think with those challenges, one needs to take in with everything that they got, you know, the the goods and the bads, weigh, weigh out all the points that needs to be weighed out and uh, move towards a position of pretty much trying to continuously and progressively improve as we move along. So that's one and probably probably the most important and key thing that I would probably want to illustrate or or, or mention actually not illustrate but illustrate at least through the through the episode is being crucial with regards to the podcast we're going to try to open up more more new topics um, and try to make it a little bit more of a discourse one of the key things that I've always wanted to have on the show is eventually bringing in guests and having a, a good set of discussions for everyone. And we're doing it, I guess, in the interest of ensuring that we have more variety on, on the discussions that we have. And of course, those discussions don't really much uh, without some of your insights and inputs uh, via our social media platforms. So please do feel free to check us up on our social media platforms. We're available on both, or actually on Twitter and on Instagram. 
and we're more than happy to take things on the next uh, stage uh, of the game, which is pretty much this podcast and wherever this podcast will progress into. So I want to thank everybody who's actually still maintained their subscription with us. I really do appreciate that you're really helping me out. And more importantly, I hope that in the coming few weeks or so, we'll be doing better uh, more insightful episodes than uh, what you've probably heard. So today was more about just coming back into the rhythm of everything and uh, getting everybody in check. So I'm really appreciative of your support and please do feel free to share it with friends and family. It's an honest dialogue. And more importantly, feel free to just send me a message whenever you get a chance to. So take care, guys. Mm-hmm.